For go-getters and just going to betters, it's the pre-W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, good morning. Wow. Brian Morton's got us coming in with an intro right now that's gone from, you see how he starts the morning show with the acoustic guitar behind Cameron Knox there? Now he's got us coming in. At, I mean, it's time to pick it up a notch here. 5.30 hour, let's go, Detroit. Got the rock guitar. Mark Pastoria's jamming out in the engineering booth in there. All right, here we go. All right, so uh, it's a Thursday. Happy to have you with us. And, you know, guys, we're keeping a keen eye on the, obviously, on the economy these days, both as consumers and as business owners, all this interplay between consumer spending and those who are wanting to do business with those consumers. It's such an interesting time trying to get our arms around what's really going on economically. Well, one thing that is, without question, driving a lot of the inflationary pressure that we feel today, the increase in prices across the board. During the pandemic, Americans went online and boy, did we shop, boy, did we buy, boy, did we spend. It's our duty, right? It's part of our culture. It's unbelievable. But it is. It's a fact. And we spent. And now, you know, when there's overheated demand against a given supply, you get increasing prices. And that's what we're dealing with now. Well, one of the things that made it easier for us to spend during the pandemic and that now is going through in the post-pandemic era, a little bit of uh, pressure itself and whether or not it's going to stick around and stay around, I'm sure it will, but in what form, maybe tighter regulation and so on. That is the little buy now, pay later credit, buy on credit capability that now exists on many online sites, big ones, certainly, but even beyond, there are services that make this available even to smaller merchants. And that is where instead of when you hit the buy button, you're paying 100% of the purchase price at the time you hit the button. Now you can make those, you know, four easy payments, right? But buyer beware, causing lots of problems, you know, like like credit tends to do, whether it's a credit card or whether it's buy now, pay later, you better be able to pay, whether now or later. And, and a lot of people see that buy now, pay later, and instead of being $100 for something, it's only 25 right now. I'll worry about the other three payments later, right? Oh boy, we've got Anna Maria Andriotis. She's a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. She's covering what's going on in this whole world of buy now, pay later. Anna Maria, welcome. Tell us what is going on with this new credit facility available to consumers. Great to be speaking with you. Buy now, pay later plans started popping up at U.S. merchants around 2017 or so in a material way but they really gained steam during the pandemic. So by 2021, it became really difficult by the end of that year to find a merchant that did not offer buy now, pay later, especially online. From the largest merchants like Walmart all the way down to smaller shops that many people haven't heard of, it was very common next to the items that people are browsing online to see an option to split up the payment over time. So buy now, pay later, essentially what that is. It's usually comes in two flavors, but essentially they are payment plans that allow people to split up the amount they owe for the product or the service that they're buying in fixed payments over time the option for paying for the product this way is usually listed right next to the product when the person is browsing it. So for example, if it's a $100 dress, it'll say or pay 
in four installments of $25. Ah, so this is an enticement, an inducement to get me to even make the purchase because now instead of pulling $100 out of my pocket, I can pull 25 out of my pocket using your example. And that makes the idea of making that purchase right then and there more attractive to me. 100%. A lot of this is about consumer psychology and influencing the decision to make a purchase that otherwise would not have been made. So this type of influence needs to happen before the person is at checkout. It's essentially a tool used by merchants to increase sales, to put more items in the checkout basket and to actually go through with buying those items. Yes, great for the merchants who make that sale they might not otherwise have made because of the power of the psychology we just talked about. However, the consumer who makes that purchase saying, oh, I only need to come up with $25. Again, going back to your example right now, not 100 uh-oh, all of a sudden finds out, you know, I've maybe made a two or three of these purchases, maybe more, whatever it may be, and now I've got to make the payments. And that's becoming an issue, isn't it? That's totally correct. When these plants started becoming popular, one of the biggest sort of pitch points here, one of the biggest sort of areas where like the companies would say, this is really good for consumers, was the idea of affordability. Taking that, you know, $100 or that $1,000 item, it really varies in terms of size for buy now, pay later plans and saying, okay, you know, you can't really afford this in one shot. And you don't want to put it on your credit card and carry the balance from month to month and incur 20% or more interest on that balance. Instead, sign up for this plan, split up the payment, and it'll become much more manageable. Well, that makes sense. However, what's happened over the last few years is these plans have become so widespread on so many merchants' websites that people who are signing up for that one plan to turn a $200, you know, payment in full into a $50 payment over the course of four payments. What often happens is they end up buying more and more and more stuff on several different payment plans. And they still owe $200, let's say, in one shot. When you add up all the payment plans that they've signed up for, it's very common to hear people, I mean, I've been speaking with people who've been signing up for buy now, pay later plans for several years now. And what struck me is how common it is to hear about people having three, four or more of these plans at once. Yeah. And again, I mean, on the one hand, it's great for consumers to have access to credit. On the other hand, it's only in the end a good thing if you can make those payments. We're not so great. We're great at spending. We're not so great at budgeting and paying later. And that's kind of part of the fallacy of all this. Where do you see this going and fitting in into the future? There's some suggestion right now that these kind of plans, uh, buy now, pay later, is really waning now. Is that the case or do you think this is here to stay? The market has turned in a pretty significant way between the late summer and fall of last year where the market was just booming. And now we've come to a point where, yes, these plans are still very widespread, still at the biggest merchants, but there are questions around consumers' ability to keep up with payments and whether delinquencies, missed payments will increase. There are also questions about whether these companies were overvalued. Looking, for example, at Affirm, a very large buy now, pay later company, 
what's happened to the company stock, which has really plummeted over the past year, looking also at the valuation of another large by now later company, Klarna, which the Wall Street Journal has been reporting on an ongoing basis, continues to lose value. Yeah, there are questions around the sort of long-term outlook of the sector, both from a what is it worth standpoint to has the lending here been too loose and are people likely to fall behind on payments in a significant way going forward, especially once we get into an environment where unemployment starts to increase. One of the things that some of the companies in this space, not all, but some of the companies in this space have touted for several years is the ability for anybody to get credit. That, you know, some companies have said, you don't need a credit score. We don't even check credit reports. Everybody's approved. And so now there's questions about that. There's two type of payment plans that consumers can usually choose from. So with smaller ticket purchases, what we typically see is a plan called pay in for. That's the example that I mentioned earlier on where you have a $100 or $200 purchase and you are able to split up the payment over the course of essentially what is four payments every two weeks. So it's $100, $25 gets charged to your credit card or your debit card every two weeks. And by the end of that period, you're done paying it. This is where we saw a lot of the looser underwriting, where the company specializing in this type of buy now, pay later would say, well, technically, we're not originating a loan. We're not extending a loan. We're just applying a payment plan to someone's debit or credit card. But the result of that has been that for some consumers who've gotten kind of in over their heads, it's resulted in payments being debited from their checking account where there isn't enough money. So they end up overdrawing on their checking account and incurring fees from their bank for that or where they end up just carrying balances on their credit cards because the buy now, pay later company is charging their credit card. The consumer doesn't have enough money to pay off their balance in full. All right, Anna Maria Andriotis, thanks so much for providing these words of caution as it relates to the credit option for consumers of buy now, pay later. All right, we're going to head to a quick break. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. <laughs> 